Alcohol Beyond This Point podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast. Welcome to the 4K podcast, where we spend two thousand dollars on phones. And uh, I'm just kidding. It's a it's a red epic on a tripod. <laughs> I um, yeah, I bought a new phone today, so I don't. We don't really have to talk about it a ton. But uh, if you're watching the video version of this podcast on uh, YouTube.com/slash/VoteWillows, you mm. can see the bra- It's it looks pretty good. And I'm only filming in uh, like 10, like pretty much the lowest, I think a like full HD, like the 1080p pretty much because I can film in 8K, but um, it fills up the camera in like a third of the podcast. It fills up my hard drive in like a third of the podcast. So yeah, that's got, uh, yeah, that's a real problem for fucking video people or movie people, I suppose. IMAX or actually more so, goddamn telescope people, telescope people have a hard drive problem. Are you okay? I've just been thinking about hard drives a lot. <laughs> um, welcome to the Hard Drive Podcast. Um, <laughs> my name Pun is, intended. My name is Hard, and this is Drive. And <laughs> um, we, Are which is in... coincidentally, you drove a car here. Uh huh. And I'm hard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, I was going to say, we, this is the Hard Drive Podcast where we talk about business, not tech. This is episode 74. Um, and just kidding, it's the Alcohol Beyond This Point podcast, the podcast where we debate business to- topics, both sober and drunk, to see if we come to the same conclusion. Um, I am, uh, Tyler, give me give me your tr- your real opinion here. Mm-hmm. Do you think I'm an idiot? Full stop. Or, <laughs> I'm a cool guy. Uh-huh. I guess those don't need um, to be mutually exclusive. No. No, you can be a dumb, cool guy. Well, I feel like I'm just, I'm not on a good roll today. I don't know. Are you tired? No. <laughs> You're just spaced? No. No, this is just how I am now. Yeah, just permanent fucking brain damage. I mean. <laughs> From COVID. Honestly, don't even joke about it. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I've, I, everybody's got those days where you just aren't banging on all cylinders. Well, I'll tell you about banging on all cylinders. Mm. Um, no, so uh, I broke... We always complain about these mic stands, and I broke it finally. But Tyler fixed it. But I had it jury-rigged together. And um, he's like, why is it jury-rigged like this? You could have just screwed it back together. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, that's what I do every week when I get here. And I'm like, what? And it's been 74 episodes. I've never noticed you do that before. Yeah, and the one I didn't do it last week because of whatever the way we're doing our setup with Mitch and um, our extra, you know, mic setup here. Uh, <laughs> and then it long... fell apart yeah. immediately as soon I as you I just didn't tighten it up for one week, and then I come here and it's fucking dangling by a thread. So, good object lesson in uh, unconscious dependence. <laughs> I like. I can't. No, it's, Im- con- it, it's conscience. Conscience, yeah, for sure. Like I can't imagine how profoundly your life would fall apart if you didn't have your business partner. Uh, I think it would be fine. For like a week. I don't know about that. <laughs> All of a sudden, bills would stop getting paid. Shit would start falling off the walls. Well, I thought they just Sewer like... would back up. I thought it just like paid... It's just auto deposit. Sure, yeah, you could go with that. <laughs> let's, see, let's see how long that works. Um, I think I am pretty capable. Of... 
Whatever I set my mind to, Tyler. No, I, I think it's uh, there's something that's very attractive about the idea of where people just grow. Like you'll see this a lot in married couples, where like um, they get to a certain point, and you know each of them will be completely incompetent in a certain area that the other is strong in. Like not just like bad at it, but I mean like utterly incompetent. Like I couldn't boil water to save my life because my wife cooks all my meals. And I don't know. I don't know if I want to avoid that. Or do you just fucking lean into it? Like, yeah, I just lean into it. <laughs> yeah. So me and um, me and one of my guys today were talking about, um, or I was explaining to him the idea of uh, requisite variety, which is, um, I believe it's an idea uh, that comes from biology. Uh, essentially, organisms or animals or whatever having more potential ways of dealing with problems or feeding themselves or um, sheltering or name a thing and having the ability to adapt and try out different strategies right and how important that is but like at a, I've really noticed about myself it's like you know in the focus or in the pursuit of being better at something and building a business you become so hyper focused and you just kind of stop paying attention to a lot of things like my my phone sales or my negotiating skills in a, in a specifically like sales um, sort of uh, environment is definitely atrophied I'm not as sharp and fast on my feet as I used to be I don't do it every fucking day anymore yeah now you're just some meathead with a fucking tile gun I I can handle a very different type of negotiation well just like, like you got ripped off selling a car yesterday no no I I mean, this guy gets off. I of, think we're I, on FaceTime <laughs> at eleven thirty p.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah, and he's like, "I gotta go. Someone's coming to buy my car right now off the internet, and it's pitch black." And yeah, and everyone knows if you're gonna go buy a car at eleven thirty p.m. and it's pitch black outside, you are liable to get fucked when you're gonna walk out in the morning. And you're gonna look at that car in the sunshine. And you're gonna be like, "What the hell did yeah, I just do?" Never buy anything that you, like that that you need to examine. Like uh, when you got off the phone, I was happy to sell it at night. Because, no, I know you were, but like yeah. JL was like, "Yeah, one time I bought tires for like two hundred dollars in the dark, and when I got home, they were fucking bald." And I was like, "Oh," but yeah. you couldn't like tell when it was dark. But it no, was like, I think I think I got fair value for the car. Like it could have. You know, it could have been maybe a few hundred dollars more, but like, you know, a person standing in front of you offering you cash hours after you listed it, I'm like, I'm taking the money. I'm fucking done. You got to like, do the same thing that every single person does on Kijiji where they show up with like 10% less than they said they were going to show up with and be like, sorry, I only have this much. Oh, I show up with like 30% less, <laughs> <laughs> significantly less. Yeah. I usually tell those people to go fuck themselves. Yeah, well, I'm a I play hardball. And you walk away real slowly. <laughs> it's different with cars. I mean, every time we sell something on Kijiji, we always do it at our at our business. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so people don't feel like they can negotiate as much. And also, all. people don't feel like they can like if they if they were gonna rob me or something. Right. They're walking in the cameras right when they walk in. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. What I um. So here, business tip of the week. Okay. okay, save it for the end of the... <laughs> just, we just do... We It's a nine-minute podcast. <laughs> Show's over, folks. That'd um, be a good... Um, maybe I'll cut this out if we want to do it, but that'd be a good April Fool's episode or something where it's like... 
we just power speed run the segments and then just leave. Like, I'm down. And then it's like two hours of silence. <laughs> Deal. Okay. Uh, anyway, it's so literally tip- like the farthest away from uh, April. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so if you're gonna be selling a car uh, to someone from the internet or just private selling car, period. Uh, is if you get to the point where the person wants to go, ooh, if the person wants to go on a test drive, first thing you do, ask for everyone's driver's licenses, Ugh. anyone that's going to be in the car, take pictures of all their licenses, and start like that. Because um, if you get into a situation where I don't know they try to fucking steal the car, which is not as common, but or if they like, if it's an e-transfer situation, maybe money doesn't go through or like something goes wrong. If there's any reason you need to like make a complaint to police or file a civil claim or anything like that, if you do not have that person's like actual ID, it's gonna be a, a hell of a lot harder. I um, yeah. When we just bought a car, I talked about this two episodes ago. We just bought a a minivan for the business, and um, the guy we bought it from, yeah, just let us take it on a test. He's like, you want to test drive it? Threw us the keys. Yeah. See you in a bit. That's what most people do. It didn't do anything like to like you. I mean, you're leaving your car there to go. To, it'd be yeah. funny if uh, Zach was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, you jump in. I'll jump. I'll follow you. <laughs> Let's leave." Like, yeah, I mean, you could absolutely easily steal a car like that. And like, what would you? What would he have to go on? Like, just your... the the dealer plate, but I dump it. Right, but I mean, like, um, how would he be able to identify you? Well, just description. Like, how do you, how do you... Like, phone number? Facebook profile? Well, how do you identify anyone when you get robbed? Yeah. Right? Description and... I have his ID. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, So, I but mean... I, I, if... don't know, I don't know if I'd give you my ID if I was buying something off you off the internet. I'd be like, go fuck yourself. Well, if you're buying a car, you have to give all your information anyway. Otherwise I mean, that's the, fair. Otherwise, yeah, the deal's not legal. Yeah, yeah, you get the... You fill out the... Yeah, so this is specifically for cars. But, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, fucking right, so, take, snap a picture of the ID. They're less likely to fuck around. So here's a story that's kind of related. So I, I kind of told you guys this in the group chat, but I'll tell the whole story. Is um, So I was getting a phone today. I'm very happy about it. This is the third time I brought it up. But no, I'm so I, I go to the this store, the, the Rogers store. So it's Rogers is our largest phone carrier. And I, uh, I try to open the door and it's locked, right? So employee comes up and opens the door and is like, can I see your ID? And I go, I literally, all I said was, excuse me. And she's like, can I see photo ID, please? And I say, for the phone store? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So I get it out of my pocket. I show her my ID. She lets me in, locks the door behind me. And then she's like, yeah, we've had uh, a bunch of armed robberies. Three in the last three months, she says. And I'm like, Christ. So now they're just IDing people at the door, right? And, uh... I was kind of like, that's dumb. I mean, what's that going to (laughs) help? Are they taking pictures of the ID? Well, no, I guess. No, I guess they do it because then people just leave. Right. If they're going to cause trouble. But that's perceived security. But so here, here's the thing is that I thought it was kind of weird. While I'm sitting there buying a fucking phone, I guess they didn't relock the door. Mm -hmm. Fucking someone walks in, some woman. And just like walks up to the front counter and they're like, hey, can I see your ID? She walks right past her walks up to the front counter and then is just like, and she's like, sorry, excuse me. He's like, 
He's like, I, I can't understand you. Like, I don't like I, I was sitting right there. I couldn't like I couldn't understand what she was trying to say. And she was trying to like ask for something like I it was like, can I do this? And it was like, but it was, I don't even know what she was asking for. And then she's like, yeah, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And then she's like stormed off like yelling. And and this isn't even incredible. A ba- and this isn't even a bad area. It's right yeah. by my office, like yeah. Ellis and um, like where the RBC is on Ellis. Like it's not even mm-hmm. a Ellis and Notre Dame major shopping area. It's not even a sketchy area, but they've been robbed three times, and then this happens. So I'm the only other person in the store. So the girls that ha- that's helping me and the girl at the front desk, I, we all just kind of laugh. And I'm like, what the? F-? I'm like, okay, when I walked in, you asked for my ID. I thought it was kind of weird. But what the fuck was that? And she's like, yeah, this shit happens. And then so I was just kind of talking to them. And they were telling me a couple days ago, they had somebody walk, like push past them exactly like that. Like when they open the door, can I see your ID? Push past them, uh, ran to their washroom and locked themselves inside. Um, and then when they called the cops 45 minutes to get him out of there mm-hmm. and when they got him out of there, he had shoved all their, uh, hand sanitizer that they were storing in the washroom. Cause it's not a public washroom, right? Yeah. So it's like half a storage. He had shoved all the hand sanitizer up his shirt, mm. like these big industrial size bins of it, bottles of it. And he was wearing her uniform. Oh, like this, like Rogers uniform yeah. or whatever. And it's just like, what? Uh, and so that was, they were just telling me the story and they were laughing and she's like yeah man like sometimes it's like so the least we can do is is ask for these ids and then i was kind of talking about it with you guys in the group chat just being like they have all these fucking like serial numbers right like i feel like it's a bad thing to steal a phone a phone like no a phone specifically an unactivated phone from a dealership any phone because they can brick the phones now. Yeah. That's, they have the technology. Well, they, they blacklist, they blacklist the IMEI number. So, so it can never, it can never be used. And if you try, if it's blacklisted as stolen and they try to register it, like that'll trigger like a, they can call police or whatever. So I said that too. Yeah. Only on North American networks. Okay. So apparently she was telling me, cause she, the, the girl uh, that was helping me is from India. Um, and she was telling me that, it's a crime ring and they'll rob like 20 Rogers stores out of like a thousand phones, mm-hmm. ship them back to India hmm. and sell them for even, you know, even, even a third of the price you're making fucking good money. They're stolen. Right. Yeah. But these are $2,000 phones, you know, hmm. sell them for 500 bucks, but apparently yeah, go back to India, Pakistan and sell them. Uh, they don't ping anything. They're not locked to any network, but they're brand new fucking iPhones. So that's what people do. Apparently that's, yeah, I guess globalized crime is pretty yeah. easy. Well, yeah, and especially like phones, like, you know, like, I don't know if Easy phone... to ship, they're not going to get caught at the border. Easy to ship. I don't know if they're going to immediately cause any conundrum. Okay, like, for instance, if you try to bring uh, watches over the border mm-hmm. in more than three, um, you they it gets stopped and searched. Right. Because we have treaties, and America has treaties with, Switzerland especially, but all of the European Union, that you cannot bring a watch over ten grand into this country uh, without ten forms. Proper channels, yeah. Never mind bringing a truckload. Right. So you'll hear all the time about fake Rolexes, uh, like tr- like a shipping container full of them being seized, because as soon as it says watch on the manifest, they have to search it. Right. And as soon as it's a fake, you're guilty of fraud. Right. So. Dumb crime. But 
well, I guess smart if you can get them over here. That's why you always see people in like Mexico hawking fake watches because they don't have the same kind of security systems that like America does. Yeah. But um, I don't know if the, I like surely not. There's not like, oh, it's a power to phones. OK. You know, I, I don't think there's any like red flag that goes up. I mean, Everyone has a fucking phone, right? Maybe there should be if it's not from an official distributor. But like who's to say, you, you're not like a private seller of electronics. Yeah, I have a fucking store in, in Islamabad who fuck off. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not sure. And maybe there is. Weird. Maybe there is a flag that goes up. But this is just what the woman was telling me. Check barcodes? I don't know. Well, serial numbers, right? All, and the, I, all I mean, the boxes of barcodes yeah. and serials. But this is what she was telling me is that, yeah, they don't sell them here, but they do. They sell them back in India or whatever. Hmm. So I guess like the catalytic converter ring of yeah. thievery because they, they can't sell them here. Yeah. They go somewhere. Well, I think with those, um, I think there's, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, I think there's people that own junkyards and shit that are in on it, that are sympathetic to the cause. Yeah. But the, the, they're, they've been cracking down on it and the fines are yeah. massive. It's like six, seven figure fines. Yeah. If they're caught buying a single, like, I guess maybe not six figures for a single offense, but it's thousands of dollars for a single offense. Yeah, but what do they do with them? Melt them down? Uh, yeah, there's precious metals in them. Well, then why don't you just melt them down? And then I you mean, don't... then you need a, a recycling facility. Yeah, but probably one person has the recycling facility, Yeah, right? so then, that, but that's a level of organized crime that's beyond Ye motherfucker crack stealing. Crackhead stealing yeah. a fucking yeah. catalytic converter because he needs crack. Exactly. Yeah, okay. I mean, he probably is, but he's selling it to a guy that's organized. Have you seen those, uh, like, houses that are $1 in Detroit and stuff? Yeah. So I uh, I saw a TikTok on it the other day because um, I'd kind of heard about that, but I never really investigated. So I investigated it finally. I've seen shit like that in Cleveland, too. Um, yeah. So if, if you aren't in the know, basically cities like Cleveland and, and Detroit and Chicago will put up these vacant houses for, like, one, literally $1. All you have to do is pay $1 mm -hmm. and you get the house. Yeah. Um, because they foreclosed on them or whatever. But then, so this guy on TikTok bought one just to see, because he's like a real estate guy. Mm -hmm. So he's like, it'd be good content if I bought the house, right? But what you have to do is, well, as soon as you buy the house, you pay your first year's property tax, right? Mm -hmm. And apparently the city makes more money on those property taxes being paid than they do giving you a house for free right. or essentially free. So it's a positive generation for the city to just give houses to people like, but, and then he goes in the house and every single panel, every single wall panel has been stripped off every piece of pipe, every electronic from just looters or yeah. scrappers or whomever. Yeah. Um, so he's like, yeah, you're literally buying. And like in a lot of places, the foundation's fucked and it's just like, you're buying a liability. Yes. You'd have to tear it down and, and then you're, but then you're developing a house in a sketchy neighborhood where you're buying houses for a dollar. Yeah, you're you're literally purchasing a liability. Like you need to be um, equipped to basically infill a property and be able to do it efficiently enough, and then capitalize on that on the back end. Like it's possible, it just requires capital, which is all they're basically like. It's a fair deal. There's no gimmick yeah. there. Like it is. It's interesting though because yeah. I always see like people on. Uh, you ever see those like things that are like. They're usually like BuzzFeed type of articles that are like, this town in Europe is paying you to live there and shit. Yeah. And it's like, I'm always like, what's the catch? Well, I mean, you you live above the, um, what's that? We were talking to Mitch about this, above the whatever certain line in Canada and you get paid to live there. Yeah. It's a subsidy because it's fucking expensive to live there. Mm, that's true. That's fair. 
like you need that subsidy. You know, that's a, that's a scam. Like airport, modern airplane equipment doesn't get fucked with cell phones. I'm going to have to talk to my brother-in-law and confirm that. Um, Sounds like fake news. I saw a flight attendant be like, as soon as I give the speech to turn off your phones, I turn around and start texting. Yeah. Like it's a scam. But why do they stick to it? Because <laughs> they gotta. Why? What's the point? Is it like an FAA thing? or Probably. Why do they stick to it? <laughs> why does the government stick to outdated rules? Yeah. Can someone explain this to me? How much time do you have? <laughs> Not a lot. Keeps people employed. See, I had a... Fair. Uh, what, the flight attendants? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the big flight attendant? A big flighty keeps the lobby happy because reasons. Um, now, I had a... Today was a very interest, interesting intellectual exercise. Uh, so I had a like a very rapid fire and like far-reaching political discussion with um, one of my guys just because we're fucking bored working on this floor. And uh, we started talking about this uh, gun debate in Texas. And he's very, very pro-gun. And, like, he's quite conservative, very pro-gun. Oh, and more more relevantly, uh, our prime minister is now banning handguns outright. Yeah, which he was, like, and all, and also assault weapons, assault-style weapons. Well, those whatever. have always been... The, no, those, those got banned after the, um, the Nova Scotia shooting. Yeah, I think sale of them. Yeah. But now there's a buyback and total ban. Yeah. And the handguns are moving to ban of sale. Yeah, ban of sale, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, whatever. Handguns are fucking terrible assault weapons anyways, and they're terrible weapons for doing most things because if you're not in the same room, like, they're they're across the room weapons, and they're okay at that, and most people are not even good enough to handle it at that distance. Yeah. Like, they're just terrible weapons as far as efficiency goes. Um, yeah, we've, I've said it before. If you want to wage an insurgency and fight the cops, use a shotgun. Like, um, not that I'm... Not the word, yeah. Not allegedly. The word, not the word. I'm, I'm not supporting that. Violence, advocating but, violence. But, but if, it's if just facts. you were going to advocate, if violence. one was, by the Benelli, <laughs> <laughs> um, at this, uh, so click on the link. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you use uh, uh, <laughs> insurrection.gov, Beretta.com backslash alcohol beyond this point, you'll get fifteen percent off handguns. <laughs> and you're on a list. Can you buy guns online in America? And just have them shipped to you? I don't think so. Are I you think, sure? I think private... Uh, are you sure? No, no. <laughs> You're no, not, not sure? Nope. <laughs> I know private sales are legal in a lot of places, so who's to say that can't happen on the internet? Well, private sales without ID is legal, right? Yeah. So, like... Why couldn't it? Why couldn't it be? I don't know. Sus. Yeah, it is sus. Uh, anyways, so it started with the gun debate, and I was playing devil's advocate, and um, we got a little heated, like, in a good way, and... Because we're just getting excited about these ideas. Heated like that, a, yeah. Heated in a good way? Like that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I just kind of posed the question. I'm like, okay, so these are arbitrary numbers, but the the morality, um, the question of morality is, is the same. So if your child going to school had a one in five chance of getting shot in the head, but if you gave up your guns and said, and you were told you could never buy another one, and that chance went down to one in fifty. Would it be worth it to you? And he's like, "Well, you know, I don't think like 
changes well, the question, right? I, like I, goes goes for goes for option C. It's like no A or B. Like it's a it's like the it's the rail car. Yeah. Well, I guess their <laughs> argument would be that banning guns doesn't make it the one in fifty. Like it it stays at the likelihood of you your kid getting killed, but now you don't have a gun. It's objectively not true because criminals don't obey gun rules. Objectively, it's not true. There's not a country on earth where that's where they've put that in place and that did not happen. Yeah, even in America, they banned. Uh, yeah, they banned assault style weapons for, for and, ten years, and, and school shootings dropped dramatically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it won't work. Hmm. Yeah, it's just well, and, it's fucking so dumb. I'm not going to take a position either way because I'm really, not going to either. I, I was just we were just having so, a very fun discussion. Yeah, so I, I don't really, I don't really care either way. But I was last night actually when we, when we were talking on Facetime. I was curious about Trudeau's uh, handgun ban, mm-hmm. and I looked into the actual statistics, and there's actually, a, I want to say, there is a argument to be made that they should be banned. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was something like, um, uh, what, 30% or 40% of homicides in Canada are committed by firearms, and of those 40%, 65% are from handguns. Yeah. Um, and exceedingly low, because, I, okay, here's something I always hear. Is that, oh yeah, Winnipeg's, you know, high murder rate, but, like, that's where we live, is a high murder rate, but it's all gangsters killing gangsters, so you, it's, you're not actually, you don't have to be worried. Right. Only 16% of murders in Canada are crime-related, or, uh, or, or like, uh, by criminals, sorry. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the other things I said. Um, it's, and and I, I started reading off, like, uh, some of the reports of, like, shootings that have happened since the Texas massacre. And one of them is, like, an altercation between two groups of adults happened at, like, in a, in a fucking touristy area. And they both pulled guns, shot at each other. Neither of them got injured, but six children got shot. Yeah. Like, that's, that's well, what happens. Like, more... it's more toddlers in America kill themselves with guns accidentally every year than people kill people on purpose in Canada. Right. Like your gun in your house is more likely to kill your wife, your kids, your neighbor, or yourself by a many, many, many times over than it is ever likely to defend you. Yeah. And this is even if you pull a gun to defend yourself, you are again more likely to miss, shoot yourself or someone else than you are to shoot that person. And this is not even the SWAT has good numbers. This isn't us doing leftist talking points. This is just straight statistics. Yes, depressing as hell statistics. Like the the facts of the matter is, um, guns are fairly hard to use efficiently. There's a lot of training that goes into the shit that soldiers do and even when they do it it's not amazing efficiency right what like a ama- typical efficiency of soldiers like they're looking like 50 60 percent hit rate on, with the rifles and if it's like in the heat of battle it probably goes way down right so you give that and that's for someone who is prepared for it trained for it mentally there ready for it and is like and best and strategic exactly and best equipment available and all this now, put that gun in their back pocket, send them home, put them in an intense situation. Like, the soldier's still probably going to do better than virtually everyone else because he has that training to fall back on. 
keywords training to fall back on and familiarity with the gun and it's like an unconscious it has to be un completely subconscious but all the actions so what do you think of like mandatory military service like they do in israel See, that would be basic that would be the only way i think that the u.s's current gun addiction could be safely handled is if it was paired with like mandatory basic training I don't mean like mandatory military service. Like you got to do six weeks of basic. Which like you here in if Canada. You, if you want a gun. Here in Canada, you don't have to do training, but you do have to pass a course. Right. You take a test. Which, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that part. But like, I th think about this idea. Um, here's a fun, here's a fun thing that would be like a, a, a reward at the end of it. So if you want to get a gun, you turn 18, you can register for this thing. You go do six weeks of basic. At the end, they give you a gun. For free. As a reward for you doing military training. Like and they're this. like, you are one of us. You will help us protect the homeland. Go home and be fruitful and make many children. Thank you. And it's just everyone can do that when they turn 18. That would be a fucking gun-protected, gun-toting utopia that no one will fuck with. How many times can I get a free gun? Can I just keep doing the t the training? Um, maybe you get another one if you are a trainer. Okay, they give right. you an extra big gun. Okay, all right. No, or you go through like shot, or like, or you, you go through shotgun school and then you get a shotgun. Okay, like, all right. Like, or like I have to, I have, something in that. I'll go clean realm. the course. I'll pick up the buckshot off the ground and then I get a free gun. Sure. Kay. Like, <laughs> or or you get free ammo. Like, yeah. Like just something like that that pairs. Like I'm not saying that guns are the root of all evil. I'm saying average people and the lower denominator of that, like below average people in terms of like their ability to, you know, emotionally handle an incredibly intense situation and then make a rational decision and then functionally use a gun in the, in the proper way and point it in the right direction to pull the trigger only as many times as they need to. Like that's not, that's a tiny percentage of people, but you know, you have these constitutional carry laws running around like everyone needs a gun. It's like most people are better off without a gun in an intense situation because you will probably misuse it. Like that's just the fucking facts of the matter. Talk to anyone that is a gun enthusiast and be like, yo, I, you got this really powerful weapon. Let's go find someone who's never carried it. Give it to them fully loaded with the safety off. And let's just see what happens. And then you know what? Scare the shit out of them. <laughs> Do you yeah. feel safe? Yeah. Like, well, probably, I guess, it's like no. I, I got to show this guy how to use. It. Okay, you're already, you're already doing more than they doing do. more than the the politicians are arguing for. And this is the kind of the conversation I had with, um, with my worker and. Uh, he just, I kept on like doing what you do. Like I was playing devil's advocate, but then like taking it to the extreme, like ag agreeing and uh, like being, you know, further affirmative than, than he was. And he's like, well, no, no, no. Like there should be training. There should be this. I'm like, well, there is. I'm like, man, you're already further left. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you're actually further left on your, like the things that he argued for. He's like, well, this makes sense. No, they should do that. Like he wanted red flag laws, mandatory training, uh, like age limits, certain gun limits, according to, you know, training, and then again, strict red flag laws for people that shouldn't have certain types of weapons. Uh, for example, if you're on SSRIs or um, opioids, maybe you shouldn't have assault weapons. Or... Even if it's temporary. Those should be the only people that have assault weapons. Sure. <laughs> Just keep it interesting. Yeah, yeah, But, like, if you're on SSRIs as, like, an 18-year-old... Yeah. Well, and this... you're going to counseling, 
maybe don't give him an assault rifle. Every single fucking school shooter that's like 18, you look it up and it's like, oh yeah, he was known to the FBI already and he bought a gun on his 18th birthday. That's but there's the, no law. Every single time. But there's no laws to prevent him from doing so. No, that's what I mean. The it's, parents yeah. the, the parents can report him and say, we're concerned about our son, but there is no legal mechanism to take that gun away. Yeah. That's the point. And it's common sense. Like It's like 80, 90% of people in America believe in that principle of like these common sense laws common sense restrictions um and meanwhile it's going further to now republicans are pushing constitutional carry which is unconditional purchase use carry of any weapon for everyone over the age of 18 like that's that's the direction that they're going why is it 18 doesn't say that in the constitution should be 17 well no why is it though it should be three no but like why is that are you big enough to carry the gun if there's no restriction why is it 18? Yeah. doesn't say that in the Constitution. That's fair. So what do you... What do you? So you're already putting a restriction So then. why is it why 18? Why don't then? we arm the fourth graders? Yeah. To shoot back at the school shooters. Yeah. Do you think a cop killed... Someone one called those, the Supreme Court. Do you think a cop <laughs> killed one of those kids in the Texas one? Uh, unlikely. They sent out a statement saying they're pretty sure a cop didn't kill a kid. And then now they're, uh, someone's like, what? And now they're refusing to invest, uh, to uh, cooperate with the investigation. Yeah, that tracks. I, the story's changing. If I, I got really amped up about the whole cop thing. But anyways, I want to kind of finish my rant on this, on, you know, guns and right versus left, because it's perceived to be a Democrat versus Republican thing, when in reality... Uh, most people are on the same page about this, at least the common sense laws. There's some people that are like, oh, we want outright bans and so on. Like, take baby steps before you can run. See how it works. Like, just start with the fucking common sense. But um, out of that little gem, I was just trying to describe to him the fact that the right and the left have more often more in common than they think. Yeah, well, the that's reason, the whole point. Well, yeah, the reason that you don't think you have a lot in common. It's a, a it's great they way... don't want you to know that you have a lot in common. Right. A great way to sum it up is if you're on the right, if you're conservative, um, they get you amped up and hating the establishment and then tell you the establishment is the left. Is the liberals. <laughs> yeah. They tell you the, the liberals are the establishment, yeah. period. Yeah. And it's like, and then you have all these reasons to hate the establishment. Therefore, you hate the liberals because the liberals are establishment, period. Yeah. And they make you, f- and then, you know, then there's the fucking fear-mongering politics, which just is the basis of right-wing politics is fear, right? The yeah. Fear of immigrants, fear of regulation, fear of the state coming to take your guns, fear of this, fear of that. Like, it's all, watch fucking Fox News for 20 minutes, and you'll, it's fear politics. They're just trying to, they're trying to freak you out. They're trying to get a rise out of you. So, what's not seen is on the left you say Nazi? Yeah. On the left, they have guilt politics. Essentially. They make policies based on how bad can we make you feel. And liberals make policy based on guilt. And I think that's probably the best way I've ever described it. Well, good. It's either fear-based or guilt-based politics. And they both hate the fucking establishment. Well... I like there's a there's a picture I like that's uh it's like a Black Panther at a Confederate soldier like a like a Confederate type guy yeah uh and a Black Panther 
and they're like fist bumping, walking in with guns to like shoot at cops. And they're like, I got your back brother. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's like, yeah. Um, but I saw today and then we'll take this shot, but I saw today Biden is hanging up some of the artwork of one of the killed kids in the white house. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, he'll do this instead of passing gun laws. And then I had people respond to that because uh, this is like on Facebook being like, yeah, well, the, the Republicans don't either. And I'm like, how is that an argument? <laughs> like people are so dumb. And on that yeah. note, we're going to transfer here into the segment that we call shot caller. The part of the show where you, the audience can pick the shot that we take. Uh, today's shot is p- picked by Kahlua and it's uh, ironically their, their Kahlua. I'm running really low on liquor. If it wasn't obvious, my, uh, my uh, my liquor supplies are getting down. I'm almost a busy season. Two more weeks. We'll be back in the sheds. So. All right. Thank you, Kalua, for sponsoring this episode. I don't know why I'm taking this. You like coffee? Yeah. Yeah, I do, actually. I don't like coffee. It's really light. Yeah, it's like 17%. We got to take two. Oh, 17. I thought they were closer to 30. <laughs> 70%, actually? Nice. Don't wait. We're just going to take a second one. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of hard work talking to anyone in the conservative news ecosystem about just issues because I shouldn't say it's hard. I'll say it's frustrating. It's not hard because almost everyone has the same talking points and the same arguments. And they're extr- they're very rudimentary and easy to reverse. This right? is welcome to the uh, liberal talking points podcast with me and Tyler. Yeah. Um, it it goes along with the idea of what I was saying earlier with the, the pigeonhole. Yeah. The pigeonhole theory of thinking, where I I I can sometimes feel really stuck just looking at what I do on a daily basis, and then for example. Today, what made me feel stuck was I was, um, I was working on my car, and just not the one you sold. Yeah, wh- one whatever. of the other four you have in your backyard. Two. Um. So I was whatever, getting it going, and just getting through the fucking basics of troubleshooting a car. I used to just fly through that stuff. I'd work on cars all the time. It was super easy. And now I'm sitting here like a dumb idiot, and it just it's. A big dumb idiot, even. Yeah, and I'm sitting on Google, like trying to look through forums and like read things and figure it out. And I'm like, am I just a fuck? Am I getting old? Am I a fucking moron? <laughs> and then I come here, and then I see the mic falling off the stand, <laughs> and I'm like, no, you're not a moron. Look at this guy. Hey. <laughs> My point being, um, Willows is terrible at just about everything, and. I do nothing to nobody, and I just get bullied constantly. I don't know, Willows. I think I think we need to have a talk. What, what does that mean? <laughs> we need to have a conversation. About what? Um, About this weekend. We're going to your parents' cabin. That's true. And, uh, you know, I successfully built... Uh, so I'm building uh, countertops for uh, Willows parents cabin and uh willows was supposed to help me because they are very large tiles and i physically cannot move them myself 
and um, I got your business partner to help me because I'm like, you know what? This is probably smarter. Yeah, I got out of it again by pretending I don't know how to cut. <laughs> no, no, no. It was not pretending. The odds of you making a little mistake and costing everyone a lot of money would have been pretty high. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm just call Zach. The come over here. See, the fact that he wholeheartedly believes that means I have outsmarted him. <laughs> means it's working yet again. Hmm. But yeah, it's done. Um, and the the ease and fluidity of doing something that I've never done before was uh, it was pretty fun. It was a lot of fun. And um, that's me every time I go to a BDSM club. Mm, the, the fluidity, the fluids. Oh right, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> the fluids, they are. Uh, they are a flowing. They are a consequential. They are a consequence of BDSM. BDN. And MSNBC. So I know this is very uh, localized of a fucking concern. Well, it is and it isn't. Um, so our province is continuing to flood. Yeah, it's just underwater. Like, we, this was the second most moist May in history. <laughs> second most moist. Um, flooding season is usually right after the snow melts. Maybe yeah, you get obviously. some. Maybe you get some rain. Yeah. Um, and then you get some flooding, and it peaks, and then it goes away, and then you have summer. But is this not going away? No. Yeah, the... Uh, we got like 40 millimeters of rain the last two days. Yeah, it's uh, it's been three things. It was over-average uh, snowfall this winter, mm-hmm. um, slower to warm up than usual. We had like a day at three degrees and then back under zero at night, so it was melting a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. So it was like filling up whatever. Like uh, the um, what I mean was the uh, the the ground wasn't defrosting, so the little bit of water was like staying around. It wasn't being absorbed, or uh, but it was getting cold at night, so it wouldn't even uh, evaporate. Evaporate. Yeah. And then the third is we've had above average rain uh, in the spring. Exceptionally above average. Yeah, second second highest since eighteen forty seven. I think second most moist. Yeah, second most moist. So um, what's your what's your point? My point is. How do we monetize this? How do we survive this? <laughs> uh, gas just hit a buck ninety-seven a Petrol, liter yeah. here, yeah, um, which is a lot. Yeah, it's higher than I think it's ever been. Well, it typically keeps going up all summer. It's about double what it usually is. Yeah. Um. So that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um. Three. Yeah. It's three times what it was at the beginning of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. So China had... China. China had awful growing conditions, and their uh, their crops and their exports are significantly down. I think they're uh, basically what we had last summer, like 35 36% of normal yields. And we're not looking so good. If this continues for another four weeks, the window for crops basically closes. Um, Perfect. So unless it gets really good in the next four weeks, uh, that's really fucking bad for our crop yields. But crops like water. True. Uh, Ukraine is stuck in for political reasons. Uh, Russia is blockaded for political reasons. Uh, India has drought and heat waves, and their crop is way down. And, um, yeah, Brazil just had a bunch of landslides and flooding. 
Isn't it awesome and, that there's like one in a million year disasters everywhere because of climate like, change? Like weekly. And then people are still like, nah, it's just a coincidence. No, nah, it's fine. Uh, I was listening. The reason I was really thinking about this today, I was listening to uh, an interview of one of the, U- the USAID, I guess, what, the president, the chair of the U- USAID, <laughs> USAID, whatever. Joe Biden. <laughs> Jill, but yeah, no. <laughs> Jill Biden. <laughs> and we're definitely walking into a food crisis here. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mo- like historic in terms of our history, uh, food crisis. And like, how is this going to fuck up your business? Because... Well, it's already, I've already had to temporarily discontinue some wines because I couldn't get the fruits. Cause we, we make wines out of grapes that we grow, but we also make wines out of fruit at a local fruits. And uh, I just couldn't get raspberries last year. Because they were four times as expensive um, as they usually were, so, and I just couldn't afford to make a batch. So this year it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna hit grains. Correct. And that I, might make uh, beer expensive. I was looking at an inflation index, and beer is actually doing better than most things right now. <laughs> it was like a five percent inflation, and like m- like cheese is more. Basically, virtually everything's more. Like beer is doing actually. It's one of the best on the inflation index. That's pretty funny. Yeah, which I thought because of the grain prices last year would have been worse, but I guess they weathered it, right? They've got Well, remember and... beer's cheap as fuck to make. It's just taxes that make it high. That's fair. They make it expensive. So it's not going to hit beer, but um Yeah, it well, puts... thank God, right? Yeah, fuck. It's it it's going to it hits in weird in, in weird and unpredictable ways and like I'm have you ever read the book Anti-Fragile? No. Um, have you ever read anything? Uh, wait, like Twitter? Like ever. any Like a book. Well, like a, an audio book? <laughs> sure. No. <laughs> no, not that either. Uh, wait. So when you write a business plan, you've done that before. Well... Allegedly, yeah, you have yeah, to yeah, yeah, you have to write in risk. Wrote fa- a few. You have to write in risk factors to your business, and this Correct. was always the most frustrating uh, part for me, writing in risk factors because it felt kind of like bullshit. See, I'm really more good. so than the rest of it. I'm really good at writing risk factors. Um, all they're looking at, all they're looking for lenders is is a little bit of honesty. Yeah, just outline what your what your um what your weaknesses are, what the weaknesses of the market are, and then explain them. It's pretty easy, pretty straightforward, but a lot of people get on Shark Tank or like whatever. Like obviously 99.99% of the business plans written no one ever sees mm-hmm. except, you know, some bankers. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying, I'm, I'm not saying Shark Tank is realistic, but I'm using it as an example of something you may have seen as the listener. Um, but like, usually these people are like, what's your risk and challenges? And they're like, well, the risks are, I don't sell enough yeah, and I don't make enough money exactly. or whatever. It's like, that's not a fucking that's, risk of the business, right? Like, that's, that's the like, only risk. Yeah. But it's like, you know, so yeah. People, yeah. What's your question? Risk factors now. Like how do you factor oh. in Sri Lanka has got civil disobedience and so, a mass scale and that's going to fuck up my <laughs> so, whatever supply. I think surely, surely. Um, banks are going to start requiring what's your pandemic response in business right. plans going ahead. Like right. it, it'll be 50 years from now and you'll be writing a business plan and you're like, Hey, can you please include a, a pandemic response? And they'll be like, this is 
bullshit. There hasn't been a pandemic in since 2050 years. years. What the fuck is this about? Why do I have to write this? And then bang. But, but everything like, you know, I, 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 I'll be one of the first ones to shit talk bankers. Mm-hmm. I think banks are a- antiquated. The way they do business is, is scummy in a lot of ways. Excuse me. And uh, very anti-small business. And I think not only that, but they're going farther away from small business. Yeah. Like the businesses that built them, they're now dumping. Um, but so I'll be the first person to shit talk big banks. However, comma, every single thing that they require on a business plan, there's a story behind it. Yeah. There's a reason why they have these risk parameters and that because one time some weird thing happened and now they're like, oh, we never want to make that mistake again. So they have a list somewhere of 17,000 things. Like insurance. Of rules, insurance too, you know, that that have all been because of it happened, right? So in the future, uh, for sure, I think they're going to be like, well, what's your pandemic response? Like, well, that's that, that's dumb. You know, and maybe it is. But in 2019, 20 and 21 and 22 and 23 and 27 and 2028, COVID-19 was here. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of banks lost a lot of goddamn money because businesses closed and declared bankruptcy and wrote off the debt. M- hundreds of millions of dollars in Canada. Yeah. And they're not going to make that mistake again. So even if it's a hundred years from now, they're still going to have those risk parameters, I think. Yeah. And because, I was... but then my, my final point on that is I, I think business plans are mostly bullshit. Yeah. No actual person who does business thinks that business plans are effective. It's literally a tool to get financing. Yeah. I I think more so... Not that I care that much about the business plan idea either, but just the idea of uh, evaluating your risk factors uh, to your industry. I was thinking about it while driving past the gas pumps today. I'm like, I wonder how many contractors mm, are, are like going, unviable now? are going to be like have pending contracts where gas is a significant input. Yeah. Like, are they going to be able to pass that on to the consumer enough to, you know, swallow that? Well, here's, or are they going to go under? Here's one thing I've been hearing is that uh, food delivery, mm, you know, yeah. the, the $2 deri- delivery free plus tip that these drivers make yeah. is like not covering $2 a liter gas. No. So what happens to that? industry right yeah and it's like and in a lot of places they have passed that on to the consumer but fuel surcharges fuel surcharges and whatever but like you know but think about like like you're talking about like contracting on a grander scale like when we're talking millions of dollars yeah i'm talking like guys that are doing heavy equipment landscaping yeah how do you are they able to change those contracts maybe not and then do they just go under like do they have a fuel surcharge clause in their contract like yeah, who knows? Do they have the protection? Do they have that, that upside protection? Like, you know, it was funny. I I saw. A, uh, I feel like all I do is quote TikToks, but um, I saw a TikTok of a guy who found a U-Haul rental place that in the contract, because always in the U-Haul contracts, it's like if you don't fill it up um, quarter tank, they charge you gas at like a ridiculous fee. Mm-hmm. But the ridiculous fee was like a buck forty a liter. Oh, and gas had gone up yeah. so much. So he's like, oh yeah, so I'm renting these vehicles for 25 bucks, siphoning the gas and then returning it. They charge me less than I paid for the gas. It's actually a, it's actually a net positive. 
And I, I don't know, know if it was a meme or not. I'm going to say, that, that sounds like a, kind of a meme. But also, it was... siphoning gas is hard as hell. I was just thinking about it, and I was like, that's funny. Yeah, that's Like, funny. if they haven't updated their contract, and it's like... Yeah, they're like this ridiculous surcharge that's now less than the... No, now it's less than what it actually is. Um, yeah, so I think... Petrol's like, not coming back down, uh, I don't think. I've From what I've heard from oil speculators and these guys don't give a shit about your fucking feelings they'll say whatever because they're trying to be right and they don't care about russia either they don't, they don't care, care about, about politics yeah. i mean they pay attention they watch but uh they don't care about the war ending they just care about getting the numbers right uh i've heard numbers being at um like oil oil closing out the year over 110 well oil isn't that expensive like a barrel of oil right now yeah. costs the same that it did when gas was at 60 cents a liter. Yeah. Well, actually, no. Yeah. 60 cents? Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning of COVID, um, it was like uh, 60. Oil went to zero. It was negative there for a bit. Yeah. Um, no, oil was below like 50 bucks for a while. Now it's like over 110. Yeah, I guess, but no, I, 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 okay, I don't have the numbers to argue with you, but I saw a chart that was saying like the amount that petrol price at the pump has jumped was like they don't hundred times what they don't the, move. They're not tied together as tightly as you would believe, as people would like you to think, because there's the there's the buffer of refineries. Yeah. Um, so that finance aside, I do believe that. The, the 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 called prices for gas were supposed to be closer to where we were about a week or two ago. Like it'll probably close yeah. out the year around, let's say, fifty to seventy five percent higher than normal. Yeah, maybe a hundred percent higher than normal. But which is here's the thing: is high I, as fuck. But like, how high is it? They did you did not say how high it could spike. <laughs> but see, so here's the thing: is like gas stations just raised all their prices you know, a hundred times or not a hundred times, but you know what I mean? Like doubled it basically. And no one stopped driving. And now you're looking at like shell and like they're having record years because yeah. prices are so high. And they're like, why don't we just do this forever? You also have to consider like any of these statistics or any of these headlines where you see they made this much more money than last year. Keep in mind, what did they most make? oil companies lost money last year because of COVID. Yeah, everyone was at home, not driving. We have infinitely more profits this year than yeah, last year. Yeah, I hate like, like they're like, oh, they made sixteen billion this year. Well, they lost eighteen last year. Yeah, well, I hate yeah, especially like all the people that are like President Biden like had more jobs under him than any other president. It's like yeah, because we lost all the jobs. <laughs> like yeah. you know, it, it's not it's not fair to compare. It's it's arbitrary numbers, and the oil. To be fair to the oil companies, a lot of it is that. But also, um, just because the prices are higher, if they're making a similar percentage spread on things, they will do pretty well in volatility. And when the prices are higher and you're making a percentage spread, you're going to make record amounts of money because the prices are recordly, record high. Like you, That's just how it works. Do you think we're getting to the breaking point where people are going to find something, at, like whether it's electric vehicles or... That's a, something like that's a that's not going to be a release valve. Electric vehicles are not a release valve for gas. 
public transit, I guess. What is that the other option? Like good public transit? Just driving less. People just do less. Like when yeah. when Which gas... then hurts every other business. Exactly. When gas prices get prohibitively high, yeah. Um, it is one of the last things that people will cut because for most people it's, you have to. They're driving as little as they can already. Well in Winnipeg at least you know, everything's so fucking spread it's a, out. This is a driving city. You just yeah. have to do, well, number one, everything's so spread out. Number two, it's minus 50 for half the year. Yeah. Literally. I'm not kidding. You cannot have a car. Uh, you have to have a car basically to function in this city. Uh, because, and our transit sucks. Yeah. Um, and you're likely to get stabbed on it. Yeah. If you, we had somebody just like attack someone with an ax for no reason, just standing on a bus. Like shit like that just happens here. The buses are fucked and they're, and they just won't come. You're just sitting at a thing and the sign says like, Oh, two minute arrival. And then it just goes 46 minute arrival. It's like, Oh, oops. Okay. Anyway. But, uh, yeah. Like, so, so people stop going places cause they can't afford it. And then those businesses go out of business because none, no customers are coming. Yeah. When gas becomes prohibitively expensive, which I'm not saying it is right now. Uh, it's getting there. Yeah, okay. it's getting painful. Well, like, like people will cut their discretionary spendings. So, for example, gas prices go up, Netflix subscriptions drop because they have to pick car or Netflix. Yeah. Okay. And car is one of the last things that gets dropped. Yeah. So it's discretionary spending. That it's consumer spending. It's the Amazon stocks. It's tech stocks. It's the. It's it's really. It's basically all. All the stocks that were hot during the pandemic that people were uh, things that people were spending money on because they weren't spending money on gas and commuting and traveling and uh, restaurants and hospitality. All it's the reverse of every what everything was. So which stock should we buy, Tyler? Uh, gas. <laughs> <laughs> buy oil energy, fu- oil futures, energy stocks. Yeah. Buy um, en- um, energy. Uh, fucking anyone. Um, buy fucking fertilizer. Yeah, we 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 had a good call. Fertilizer, fertilizer. nickel, lithium, cobalt, um, resources. Like people, like I've been hearing calls to buy resources since November of last year. I've been hearing. Well, to be fair, I've been hearing calls to buy fucking resources since the beginning of time, right? Yeah, well, invest re- in gold if you want a fucking stable. But they were, as far as an investors' returns, they were doing terribly for the last decade. It was tech stocks. Yeah. So it was Fang stocks. Like that's what you wanted if you wanted to make a lot of money. Yeah. And now it's resources. Like I, I don't know. We're we're kind of getting off in the investing weeds here, but it's a business podcast. It, it is, it, yeah, it is a business podcast. I all I'm saying is, our my business is being affected in a way where, like, if for us it's shipping costs above all, it's shipping costs that are becoming prohibitively expensive. Where uh, I'm looking at, you know, I'm moving a thousand dollars of product, and it's an eleven hundred dollar shipping charge. And yeah. then, like every now, I have to really start thinking about how many times does that product have to touch a truck before it reaches its endpoint. And you know, we had, I just got a waybill the other day. The fuel surcharge was like four hundred and ninety dollars on top of the regular waybill. It's like holy shit. Yeah. I mean, granted, I'm moving literal rocks, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's literal doesn't stones. doesn't get much heavy. Well, you know what else is fucking heavy? Bottles of wine. Yeah, true. Is heavy as fuck. Glass. Glass is heavy as fuck. Like, yeah, man, it's um, it's not been good, not been good. But like, how? What happens? What happens here? Um, the weakest break. Yeah, and Which currently is... that's 
small business, dozen, unfortunately. Dozen, I was going to say that's dozens of nations. <laughs> yeah, that's not good either. But like that, uh, every time I get into my doomer mode, uh, <laughs> that's usually the question is like, well, what's what's going to break yeah. first? And it's like, well, a handful of nations will break because, in addition to that, um, this is what I heard from like the USA uh, US aid um, person. She said every percentage point that uh, I think she said like just average food costs. I don't know if that's commodities, inputs, whatever. Every percentage that that goes up, that's another 10 million people that go hungry. That sounds about right. 1%, 10 million people. Yeah. And when I say go hungry, I mean like they are in a negative calorie deficit perpetually till they die. Yeah. And like they're in a state of starvation. And that's 10 million people at every percent. And we're looking at record numbers. And all of the safety valves to deal with that are all broken Yeah. currently. Anyone that could solve it can't, and everyone that wants to doesn't have enough funding. Everyone could food. solve it, doesn't want to, and everyone who wants to doesn't can't. have enough funding. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't have enough grain because well, the weather fucked them. Yeah. Um, when the weather's not going to get better. No. This is the coldest season we're ever going to have again. Yeah. The coldest like, summer we're ever going to have, right? And then it's just going to keep getting hotter. It was probably the the biggest last final doomer thing I want to leave you with this week is uh, there was a port report released recently that the U.S. government, or sorry, the U.S. military is now making plans to close up and move military assets that are at risk uh, due to climate change. Well, they said they're just going to close. They're just going to abandon their coastal bases because they'll be underwater. And this is the U.S. military saying this, being like, "Hey, yep, they're, it's, they're lost causes." They're saying for strategic reasons. They're like, "We need to anticipate the fact that this is going to become, you know, non-viable in whatever amount of time." Yeah. Or now it's vulnerable to weather in this area. Yeah, and that report. And one because... of the, one of the ones they named was the the L.A. naval base. Well, yeah, and, and, and this was a report that was originally created under President Trump, Trump, because he wanted a report I on you like to say President Chomsky, <laughs> Nam Chomsky, uh, Nam Chimpsky. Ooh, um, and the NFT. Fun fact: Nam Chimpsky, sidebar, has the record for the longest sentence ever spoken in sign language by a chimpanzee. Wow! It was like. Me banana, give me banana now or something. Anyway, based Nam Nam Chomsky. <laughs> uh, shout, shout out. Anyway, so President Nam Chomsky. I mean, so sorry, President Biden. I mean, sorry, President Trump uh, commissioned a report for the U.S. military, basically asking like, what is our highest external threats? And they came back and said, yeah, China, Russia, whatever, blah blah blah. And they named like climate change like twenty five times in the in the report. Yeah. And by the time it got to the public, it had been disseminated to like one. China. One mention. Oh. Of climate change. I guess say one thing. No, no. <laughs> one, one. The only problem? China. One mention of climate change. But I guess like now they've been declassified mm-hmm. and you can look at the actual report and like that's like the main thing. They're like, we're, we're, we're going to die. Like, and, well, and then I think a lot of it, it wasn't like dying directly from climate change, but there's going to be so much uh, climate related uh, instability in the world yeah because governments are like if people are fucking starving they're gonna revolt right like yeah it's 
the reason I went on the rant, rambling rant of all the things going wrong is because these are unconnected incidents that are all happening simultaneously. It's like it's going to be the death of a thousand cuts because like while we have like our global markets are fairly resilient to some things, they're yeah, also incredibly fragile. They're extremely fragile. Look at the look at the pandemic. Like Yeah, well I mean they're trying to make them more resilient. Like I mean they can they can move, they can adapt it slowly, but, then but they will. Money doesn't fucking matter if you're starving. Like yeah. I mean when I say the markets, I mean the reason people are starving is because certain countries are getting priced out of the grain market. So that that there will be an auto correction phase that will happen like that that's how markets work like gas is the one of the most quickly self-correcting industries because when gas gets too high sales go down therefore prices go down like it's yeah. one of the fastest reacting things because nothing is there's nothing worse for high gas prices than high gas prices yeah and that's just how the world works. But when you have all these other factors, the gas prices aren't high for whatever. Like, they're just going to keep going up because they don't have any mechanism to lower them in a reasonable amount of time. And in that time, it's going to cause all these knock-on effects. And then you have fucking droughts and floods and whatever all at the same time. It's this death of a thousand little things going wrong. It's like, what is there going to be next? Like, a fucking tornado hits Manhattan and fucks up Wall Street? Like, Well, I don't think that's how that works, but... It could happen. Um, the the warmth that cities create aren't conducive to tornadoes. That's why they never land in big cities. Okay, but I've seen the day after tomorrow, and okay, clearly great, that's not perfect. true. Well, I've seen Sharknado. We could have Sharknado. <laughs> have you seen Sharkano? That's real. I've seen Sharknado 2. No, seriously, have you heard of Sharkano? Sharkano? Is it made also by the asylum? No, it's real. It's a volcano of sharks? Yeah. Hmm? So we're going to transfer here into our last segment that we Google call... Google please. Google tip, Sharkano. Tip of the morning, tip of the morning. Um, Let's go. Tip of the morning, 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 tip of the morning. Hold on. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's... Hopefully, if I had enough time, that intro that you just heard is slightly different because the last one I made is getting caught by YouTube's copyright uh, system and will, means we can never monetize those episodes. So um, nah. I need to either pitch shift it or cut it. I need to cut it somehow. So um, if you heard the same intro as last episode, I didn't have enough time or couldn't be fucked. And if you heard a new intro, hopefully it's good. Um, do you have a tip in all this doomer talk or not really? Uh, I would just say, kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, just kill yourself. Honestly, um, first of all, think twice about bringing children into this world. <laughs> Great, perfect, perfect. No, I love it. I no, I I got a sidebar this real quick. So I met my uh, backdoor neighbor today for the I first met, time. I met my son for the first time. <laughs> yeah, I met my backdoor neighbor for the first time, Ooh. and he's been hanging around uh, with my girlfriend a lot during oh, the day because okay, uh, he's always home. She's always home. Okay, he's eighty six. Oh, you! <laughs> I didn't know Carly was great. Great that. granddaddy kink. Um, <coughs> no, he's a fucking old man, and really, he is a fucking old man. Sorry, I'll stop. <sighs> okay, 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 okay. Uh, but yeah, interesting guy. Quite funny, and 
I think we were talking about like I don't know, just general like career. How old are you? How old am I? This is you know my fourth wife just died. I don't know how we got on the subject, but um, talk about having kids. And he's like, you would want to have kids. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, you would. It's like you really want to bring any kids into this world. And I'm like. Buddy, don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, he's you, like, where are we going to be in 20 years? And I'm like, don't even get yeah, me started. We, we talk, I got to get to work. We talk about this two hours a day on the podcast. And I'm like, I got to get to work, man. I'm so sorry. Like, I will. Let's grab a beer and talk later. He's like, I haven't drank in 30 years. And I'm like, I'll drink for two. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tell him you have some wine that could get him back into drinking. I will try. If there is, if he's like, I've been sober. He didn't say I've been sober because yeah. that. That implies that he quit. That implies addiction. He just says, I haven't had a drink. Yeah. So I'm going to have to figure out if there was a sobriety issue. Granted, four wives, who knows? I love being um, people's first alcohol after being sober. I've been responsible for someone breaking sobriety. I had uh, I had an alcoholic of like 30 years. Their first drink back was my wine. Mm. How'd it go? Yeah, it was fine. Were they on the wagon? I don't know. I don't know them. <laughs> this is like some some. Like custom- I saw them on the bus the other day. Some customer said it's swinging axe. No, just some customer said it to me, and I didn't know how to respond. I'm like, I'm sorry. They're like, Oh no, it's like you know whatever. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um. Anyways, my tip, tip, tip of the tip of the would be um sit down with your neighbor, business partner, or anyone that you can like bounce ideas off of. You're Tyler. Yes. And just try to. F- just try to fucking preempt anything that's coming down the pipe. Like I said, with contractors, like I did, I think about a lot of things. I did not anticipate double gas prices into my plan for the year. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Like review your contracts, review your business model. Thing. Is there anything that could go wrong that what would are just my fuck risk, you over? What are my risk factors here? Oh, and I it's see like, where you were going with that whole risk parameter thing. Be a little bit, think out of the box because you are in a wet paper box and there's a motherfucker with a bat coming for your head. That's, I also did that at the BDSM club. Ooh. Where's this club? Oh, it's under the bridge. <laughs> And it's more oh. of a box than a <laughs> than a club. It's a literal club. Uh, yeah, think about think about your fucking risk factors. <laughs> and, it's uh, a club like a weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for catching up. There. Oh Whoa. man, I'm having a I'm a fucking I I I I need a vacation. <laughs> you are a goddamn genius. Thank uh, you, buddy. Because if you look back, if you look back in history at any any companies that have like survived a really ridiculous time, I mean a lot of company, you know, massive fortune 500s that came out of like the great depression and so on, or even tech companies that have survived or, you know, crypto companies that are going to survive the fucking gauntlet they're going through now and will continue to go through. It's, it's the lack of imagination above all that kills companies. Uh, and don't let it fucking kill you because if you get caught out on your ass, uh, no one's going to feel sorry for you. So, uh, don't go feeling sorry for yourself and just figure out how can I deal with this because that same stressor is hitting everyone in your industry equally and the most creative will survive. Poetic. Like Willows. Thank you, my friend. After the first six minutes of the podcast, you call me a 
so incapable that you have to uninvite me to help assisting you. Um, it was a good call because <laughs> remember the shipping char- charges that I mentioned? No. Making a mistake was only like maximum a $400 mistake. Yeah, I wouldn't have made a mistake. But with shipping charges, it's a $1,400 mistake. Okay. Well, whatever. I didn't make any mistakes. So okay. It's okay. Yeah. Neither did I. Because you weren't there. Yeah. Well, well thanks for not. N- nope. Thanks for not coming. <laughs> um, my tip. I think I I may have given this tip before, and I because it's something I really believe in. I always preach, and I did it today. Is just always ask for a discount, no matter what. Hmm. Because you, you, if you don't know, you don't know. Like if you don't ask, you can't get it. So when you're at the gas station, and no one gives a shit. No one is ever like, oh, that guy asked for it. I fucking do it all the time. So today, getting my phone that I mentioned for the fourth time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's five. They, <laughs> they, uh, what was it? They're, um, they try to sell you the, uh, the, the, the coverage, the insurance, right? Yeah. And it's like $30 a month. It's literally half my phone bill yeah. for the fucking insurance. And I never get it. And I guess they're supposed to ask why, because they always ask me why. And I'm like, I can't imagine a lot of people get this shit. Maybe they do, but I never get it. And I'm like, I just buy a fucking case. And it's like, I, since I've been getting cases, I've never broken a phone. Mm-hmm. Like I, I broke a phone when I was like 18. I just told this story today to my roommate. I, um, my parents stopped paying for my phone when I was 18, but I still had like six months of high school left. So I got my own phone, broke it immediately. And then just didn't have a phone. For like a year, oof. Um, so yeah, I remember my <laughs> Zach, my business partner, at the time he was just my friend. He would call my home phone and be like, "Hey Brent, uh, can you put uh, Willows on the phone, please?" <laughs> like, um, and like I'd be sleeping, and he would like throw the phone at me. Nice. Um, anyway, but uh, so ever since then, I buy a case every time I get a phone. I've never broken a phone since. So fuck you and your $37 a month fee. Anyway, but the girl was like, we have a promotion right now. If you buy the insurance, I'll give you $15 off your bill for like six months. And I said, no, I don't want the insurance. I'm going to buy a case, but you should give me that discount anyway, because I've been a loyal customer of yours for a long time. And the fact that you can just do it on your computer here, click, click, click. I know that you can just do it then. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, okay. So I applied that discount you asked and just did it. <laughs> yeah. So that's hilarious. But it happens more than you fucking think. Yeah. Constantly. And like, it, don't do it to like a small business owner, obviously, because they're going to feel obligated to do it to you. But dude, fucking, I've done that to like large corporations and shit and like chain restaurants. And they're like, yeah, let me see what I can do. Yeah, like that. Like you, you ask that at fucking Applebee's. If you've like, obviously, just don't fucking demand it. But if like you've been like kind of talking with a waiter and be like, "Dude, can you throw like a fifteen percent discount on?" Uh, they will. I've had it. I've done it all the time. <laughs> just ask. But and no, and the, what's the worst fucking thing that happens? They say no. Yeah, and you're like, okay, whatever. But just ask for it. You'll you, you'd be surprised. You might get a laugh. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Um. Anyway, thank you for listening to Alcohol Beyond This Point. Uh, this has been episode 74. You can uh, follow us, Alcohol Beyond This Point, on Instagram. 
uh, or go to Linktree. I'll call beyond this point, and you can see everywhere you can listen to us. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, please answer the poll. Uh, I would love to know where you're listening from. Uh, that's very relevant for me. Uh, if you don't know, there is a video version of this podcast on youtube.com slash vote willows. Uh, if you are watching the, the video version, hi, number one, number two, uh, this is on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple music, and, uh, like 27 others. So, but those are the, do people use anything other than Spotify and Apple music title? Um, are there podcasts on title? There must be Stitcher. I don't know. Musi has them. We're on Stitcher. Yeah. Yeah. We're on like, I just see, I, I shout them out every episode. Anchor. Anchor is a great service. If you're trying to run a podcast, Anchor is a great free service owned by Spotify, actually, um, that just distributes your, uh, your, your podcast to places. Anchor, great service. Um, that's not a paid promotion. <laughs> that is a, just, I love their service. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess we could probably leave now. Yeah, sure. Also, uh, can you just put in the comments, uh, what's the rum with lots of sugar in it? Thanks. Alcohol Beyond This Point podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast.